Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. We've been pre-talking for 10 minutes and wasting yeah. some real gold for you listeners, so we stopped That's the chit-chat and turned on the recording. Seriously, some of the best conversations that we have are before we start recording, and it makes me sad. Like, you know, whenever we do a podcast, if you're at mine or if we're just talking on Zoom, it's like all these great things come up, and then it's like, oh, what do we now talk about on this podcast that we're supposed to talk about? And this time, our pre-chat was appropriate. Like, it's stuff that we could actually share and not get sued, we expect, so exactly. which is rare. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a very rare occasion. I, I'd love to not get sued. So what are we going to talk about today, Andrew? We're going to do some shout-outs. We're going to do a COVID corner check-in, a um, yep. bit of running and fitness news from the weekend, some host boasts, and then the topic of the day is... Yeah, so basically the topic of the day is when a routine becomes a rut and basically how you can sort of get out of that because I know that from personal experience that there is nothing more frustrating and discouraging than a halt in progress. It can be really hard and especially now, you know, COVID aside, we we of course there are tons of people who have made those New Year's resolutions and wanted to do the New Year, New Me, and let's make 2021, uh, 2021 better. You, we're now at that point where we're at the end of January, resolutions might have kind of dissolved a little bit or you've started to hit those plateaus or it started to get hard or you're not seeing the same progress that you saw in the beginning. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about what you can do when that happens and what the what that feels like, what yeah. to look out for. So we'll get to that later in the episode, but for now, we'll start with some shout outs and three key shout outs for me. First of all, shout out to long-term listener, one-time guest on the program, Dean Milligan, who went off and completed uh, an ultra race that I've got on my bucket list, the Two Bays Ultra, which is a 56 kilometer uh, out and back type race. He did it in six hours and 41 minutes. It's his longest ultra ever, I believe, and he Amazing. had... It had 1,400 meters of climbing in it, which is an enormous amount of verticality. Gosh. So well done, Dean, for completing your longest ultra to date and a really tough course from what I understand. Also, shout out to Simon. Uh, Simon's come back to Parkrun, and we'll talk about Parkrun in a second. Uh, but Simon, obviously, the nine months off didn't hurt him. He's had back-to-back PBs where he's gone under 20 minutes each time. And That's his ridiculous. And five-kilometer PB is now down to 19 minutes and 21 seconds. Which that is, feeling 21 is going to be a good year. Yes, exactly. Ah. So we're hoping for good things for your time. And if you can do that with nine months off, what are you going to do with some consistent training? That'll be brilliant. Mm. Um, yeah. And then the final shout out would be to possibly first time listeners of the program, uh, Gary and Bin, who I met last year with the Victorian Ultra Runners group as we were doing the Rona Relay uh, around Melbourne. Uh, I met Gary during that. And he and his mate Bin took me and Daryl and Simon out to Lurdy Dirk. Uh, which is a local uh, national park near where we live. It's about 40-odd minutes away. Uh, It took us on an 8K loop, which took us nearly two hours. Um, It just had an insane bit of climbing in it where I think our average kilometre pace was well over 20 minutes. Um, And we were were very close to like hands and knees in point. Um, And the fun thing of going up a hill like that is you have to come back down it. Uh, which was not Simon's fun point. Uh, he did not enjoy some of the descending there as well. Uh, a lot of, as you go down this bit, just aim for that tree because if you miss that tree, you're going to go over the edge type action, which is awesome. a, a little awesome, little scary. But thanks to Gary yeah. and Ben for, for showing us something that was right in our backyard that we hadn't been to before. Okay, Lurdy Derg. Lurdy Derg. Lurdy Sounds funny. It was good. It was. It was apparently there's a whole bunch of climbing and running you can do out there. So I think as we prepare for Oxfam and Bright and a couple of other things this year, um, 
I'll definitely be getting out there on a regular basis. Just a little bit more sure. interesting, a little bit more technical than Yu Yang's. Yu Yang's is sure. like your general entry trail running, and Lurdy Dirk just felt that, that next level of challenge. Right on. Mm. That's crazy. So thanks to everyone uh, for doing uh, going above and beyond so that we can do the shout-outs. As always, if you do anything exciting or you see anything exciting, uh, jump into the socials, either the Facebook community or catch us up on Instagram, uh, either the Breaking the Bad Instagram account or Andrew's Melbourne Superman Instagram account. Speaking of Melbourne Superman, for some reason, fun fact, uh, that's been uh, disabled. Uh, they disabled my account. Um and apparently it's happening to a lot of cosplayers, uh, and the reason that they gave me was impersonating somebody else, um, obviously. Uh, but I'm in the process of appealing it, so hopefully it's going to come back soon. I've had a lot of support from the community. I've had like over 100 people um, uh, share to their stories and tag Instagram to bring back Melbourne Superman. Hopefully it comes back. But yeah, I've spoken to a lot of cosplayers that it's happened to. They're all kind of confident that I'll get it back, but it's been a rough couple of days. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry at Instagram, but put my account back, you rat bastards. Sorry. You seem fine. I'm fine. Is it the fact that the account's called Melbourne Superman, or is it the fact that you're impersonating Superman on the account? I think, I, I don't know, I can't, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, if, if it's because it's happening to other cosplayers, I imagine it's because it's impersonating maybe a Superman character, but... I also, I, when I, you know, part of my appeal process, you, you submit the information. I said, first of all, you know, I use this as an acting portfolio. I use this as an extension of my life coaching business. I use it for charity work. I'm a cosplayer. I always start out any uh, Instagram story or IGTV, IGTV with, hey, everyone, Andrew here, Melbourne Superman. So it's not like I'm like, yeah, I'm the real Superman. Uh, I mean, I am, but yeah. you know, I don't say that. No, people know that. It's I don't need called to say a it. secret identity Instagram. You just blow an Andrew shit up here. I know it's yeah. like not okay, guys. Like, mm. let's come on, let's mm. let's focus here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's what's happening there. So if y'all want to grab on to uh, Instagram and tag that in your story, bring back Melbourne Superman, tag Instagram. That's awesome. Maybe it'll maybe it'll work. They probably won't see it, but you know, it makes me feel good. Right, but if they want to reach out to the program, go to the old Breaking the Barrier Instagram. That's going to be that's your right. best bet right now. Or Facebook. That's it. Breaking the Barrier podcast or the Breaking Barrier uh, podcast uh, Facebook. Yeah, that's where we're at. There you go. Cool. So look forward to seeing you on the socials in the community. Um, right on. Quick check-in, I guess, for COVID Corner. Um, I mentioned it at the start. Where are we now? We're approaching the end of January 2021. Um, in Australia, big thing from the last two weeks, Park Run is back. Park Run is finally back in Melbourne and all the Park Runs have opened up and the numbers are big. I mean, I think the we had a conversation a couple of months ago about when Park Run comes back, will people be a bit anxious about it? How will it work with the new way that it's structured and the way that it's running? At Wyndham Vale this weekend, they had nearly 170 people. Um, you know, a lot of new time people, but a lot of people coming back. Um, yeah. There's a new quicker, like, two-minute process to brief everyone at the start of the event. Apart from that, it felt really normal. I mean, mm. the course normally stretches out. So on, when you're actually racing, you're socially distanced anyway. Sure. And I think the big distance is, difference is people just stand apart a little bit more at the briefing. And then yeah. as you walk to the start line, the second you're at the start line, you're gone. Um, yeah. Like It's like when the, the first people get to the start line, they're starting it straight away. And that's it. Apart from that, it feels very, very normal. Um, so, yeah, uh, and I'm hearing big numbers from other groups as well. Like I follow a lot of park runs online, and a lot of them are returning, uh, reporting big turnouts as we come back. Sure. So, yeah, I don't, what's your opinion? Are you uh, still not sure about going to a park yeah, run? Yeah, uh, look, I'm, I'm still not sure because, look, uh, my 
I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to go. Like, I, I would like to go, but at the same time, I'm just leery because obviously it's not something, uh, the disease has not been eradicated. We, we still have cases pop up, and I'm just, I'm not in the mind that I want to put myself at risk or others at risk. Not that, I mean, obviously, if uh, Parkrun Australia is saying, let's do it, there's obviously a minimum risk, and that's obviously the case because we haven't had any real cases pop up in a long time because we've been doing the right thing. I think we're 19 days in Victoria now without a community case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's just for me, it's like, you know, I, the more uh, crowded events that pop up, you know, it's just the more that it, because it obviously is still out there. Uh, it's not just gone. So, yeah, I mean, I guess my opinion is if if you feel comfortable going, go. I'm I'm all for it. I will say, like, don't not go. Like, if you want to go, go. I'm, I'm happy to see people go. I'm just, I'm not in a rush just yet. Um, I am just, I'm, I'll be interested to see now that Parkrun's been back for a couple weeks, how that goes and how the numbers go. I'll, I'll probably start to make my way back in mid-February, early March, I reckon. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple of people I've seen there who, um, you know, perhaps they've got a, a condition or something who are still walking with a mask. So they're still sure. at the assembly area <clears throat> or on the actual course itself, they're wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it feels it feels very, very normal. Right um, I guess talking about events that involve a whole bunch of people getting together, the big news story uh, in the intersection between sports and COVID this week has been, what's up with the Tokyo Olympics? Are, yeah. are they cancelled? Are they not cancelled? Should they be going ahead? Um, shout out to Roger Sherman from the Uringa website who wrote an article that opens with this absolute killer line that I think summarizes the whole thing. You can tell the Olympics probably won't happen in 2021 because the person in charge of them keeps publicly insisting that everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they've come out, they said there is no plan B for Tokyo. It either goes ahead or it doesn't. And, yeah. you know, the Olympics in their own right are the most impractical possible event you could try and do to pull all these yeah. people together and co-locate and spend billions of dollars building stadiums for two weeks only use mm. and you know to do that when there is a all these people who from countries that are managing it well and from countries that aren't managing it well let's bring them all together smash them all together for two weeks and then send them back to their countries yeah. i think it's you know especially especially this week i mean interestingly with with everything that's going on with the australia open also in the news yes um you know I, if you can't figure out if, if people are getting so up in arms about the Australian Open going ahead and I'll be honest with you I, I think the uh, attitude toward it from some of the athletes has been a bit atrocious um, very blase I, attitude I think yeah, very yeah um, yeah and and if you're if you, people are getting up in arms about that and that's kind of a small event in in, in relation to the Tokyo Olympics I mean, yes, it's further away, but I don't, I don't see how this is going to go down well. If the they Australian go Open was about five to ten percent of the logistics of the Olympics at most. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're talking about you know a hundred and sixty odd players at the very first week of the tournament. Very quickly, is that whittled down mm. to you know sixty four and then twenty thirty two? Sure. It gets it gets small really quickly, and they couldn't even get them over here. Like no. they couldn't even get them here without people contracting COVID and you know athletes going down. And then once they got here, you know these prime athletes just worked out that you know what sitting in a hotel room for two weeks is not what you need to prepare for a major sporting event. I mean, it's just not going to work. No, it's just it doesn't put them in the right mindset. It doesn't put them in the right physical, uh, you know. Tri it's just not. Yep. It's it's it's. Uh, 
I see it as a waste of money, a waste mm. of time, a waste of resources because it's it's kind of like one of those things where I don't know you you just go into something half-assed. You might as well just not do it. Yep. It's like yes, of course, it's the Australian Open. It's the big thing. It's the thing. You know, it's huge. Uh, economy boost but right now is it really going to be anyway yep. um there's not going to be any spectators like if they no. can get the athletes there into the village and run the events they're not going to have spectators so you're exactly. not going to have that um you know there is absolutely we're going to miss out on some athletes like think about mm-hmm. the eight years we had with the same bolt where every four years he was at an olympics and we were seeing him perform and set yeah. that story and then we did that episode on the 10 most dramatic olympic moments yeah. I, I don't think tokyo will go ahead and what that means is we're probably going to miss two or three amazing athletic experiences that we would have gotten. And there's going to be a superstar athlete who we're never going to know. We're never going to know about some athlete who would have been an absolute destroyer at this Olympics and would have become no. world famous and set themselves up for success. They're just going to be the the lost generation, the lost Olympic generation. And, and it is sad. It's like it's really sad because that is in and of itself a really hard decision to have to make. It's like, yeah, one thing to say, okay, let's like not have these events go ahead. But then, yeah, when you start thinking about the future of these people and who these athletes have broken out through the Olympics and have now become like a household name, it's like it's a hard it's a hard sentence to uh, to give. It's yes. like you're in essence playing judge, jury, and executioner with some of these people's careers, and it's just the sh- crappy reality of where we're at right now yeah i mean we've spoken about in the past the fact that the qualifiers for a lot of the national teams to go into these things in some cases were over 12 months ago um so what has changed in that period of time now uh the the nba bubble that they did down in orlando florida it just goes to show what a miracle it was that that got pulled off correctly with no cases and the bubble holding and you know then somehow convincing three billion dollars worth of athletes to stay contained for that you know two yeah. to three month period because every other sporting event they've tried to do since then has either been a much smaller event or it's not worked and right. i think the australian open is an example of where it hasn't worked the london marathon bubble was an example of where it did work uh and segueing away from COVID into sort of general uh fitness news this weekend we had uh hoka ran their project carbon x which is like where they bring out the new hoka shoes and they try and show the new models and get people excited uh, and the whole thing for them is that they were trying to build to break the 100 kilometer world record mm. so the 100 kilometer world record uh on the road and so it was a looped course in phoenix arizona where they had a whole bunch of invitationals there um congratulations we've spoken to him on the program before but jim wormsley who was that uh you know the uber ultra runner who decided to try and qualify the, for the American marathon team last year and did it. He missed out on the 100-kilometer world record by 11 seconds. He ran 100 kilometers in 6 hours, 9 minutes, and 25 seconds, just missing the world record mark of 6 hours, 9 minutes, and 14 that was set in 2018 by Japan's Nao Kazami. Um, that's but, that's crazy. But Jim Walmsley, he was running. It was you know they were running amazing times. They were running three forty one kilometers for most of the race, uh, which is just astonishing. They did like a two hour fifty marathon time, uh, yeah. and then did another one, and then kept going again. It was yeah. incredible. 
That's insane. That's yeah. it's just amazing to be what the human body can do. And you know, that's a nice that's a that's a nice start in in the running world in 2021. That's nice. It's that's good. Nice Although thing. he did crash into a fence uh, around about three and a half hours in, he tried to cut a corner wow. a little bit, crashed into a wire fence, and spent the next two hours of the race with blood coming out of his shoulder. So I mean, there's probably it eleven is seconds 20, there. Yeah, it's it's it is 2020 heading into 2021. So you, you know that that's kind of that that makes sense. If anything can go wrong, it will. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but no, so it looks like, uh, at least in the world of athletics, because they're smaller events and everything, I think we've got a chance of getting some events on, um, which is good, both for the professional athletes, but also for the amateur athletes as well. Yeah. Totally, totally. So before we go into the topic of the day, um, mate, host posts, what have you been up to? What do you want to talk about? I I like this. I like host posts. That's nice. That's got a nice ring to it. I actually prepared Um, for this today, so I thought I'd come up with witty titles for our little segments. It's nice when we both prepare stuff because yes. then that's when the episodes get good. Yes, we've got a lot <laughs> prepared for this one. Indeed. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up to the same thing as I said. Melbourne Superman is kind of in limbo at the moment. I hopefully get that back. In terms of my training, um, as as you know, if you've been listening, I'm trying to gain weight at the moment. Funny story: I lost three kilograms last <laughs> week. You bastard! I'm the opposite. <laughs> oh man. I, I stepped on the scale and it said 76 and I was like, what the French toast? Like, I've been eating so much, but... Um, Eat more French you know, toast. There you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, my training's been good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting each body part around two times per week, one light, one heavy, um, you know, and, you know, I've, I've started, which we'll, we're going to actually talk a little bit about, I've started switching things up with my running um, instead of like uh, every day instead of doing um, the type of running in the morning where I'll, you know, run a bit fast for a minute and then jog for a minute. What I'm doing is like, for example, today I'm doing walk run. So what I did was I did kilometer repeats today um, at like a 430 pace and then I'd walk for two minutes, then repeat it. And I only did three of them, but it's just a different way um, to get things going so i'm just you know i'm, I'm and I'm, I'm i'm trying to slowly start getting into that training mentality of like when i am going to start training for a spartan because yeah. that's a very different type of training um so you know i'm starting to change things up there but i'm i'm just overall i'm feeling really good i'm, I'm running seven days a week um you know that the seventh day sunday is is is, is more like a like a really light, easy cardio sort of thing. But, you know, I'm six days a week, I'm running twice a day. And then on the seventh day, I do that 15, 20 minute light. Uh, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. Uh, I am really seeing some amazing changes in my body with everything that I'm doing. You know, it's, it's, it's just been really good. Uh, all the cardio I, and all the yeah. weights and, and losing weight on top of that must mean pretty good definition and stuff coming through, I imagine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing some really nice definition, and it's just it's 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 funny because like I I put up uh, a, a a picture on my personal uh, Instagram a, a couple weeks ago, basically a picture of myself 2015, a picture of myself 2018, and then a picture of myself uh, m- most recently, and each of those moments were moments where in my fitness journey I was saying to myself, "This is the healthiest I'm ever going to look." Mm. And very, very different looks, each one of them. The first one, I would not even consider myself looking fit. But right. at that time, I felt that that was the best I was going to do, and I felt really good about it. And at the time, it was a big milestone. Then the second picture, 
you know, eh, it's okay, but it's more like just, you know, you wouldn't think that this guy works out, but he kind of takes care of himself. And again, at the time, I, I remember thinking to myself, this is the best I'm going to get, and I look great. But now, I look at my pictures now, and I'm just like, wow, this is miles apart from that. And right now, because I, I was never wrong. At that time, right now, it's the best I'm going to be right now. But that doesn't mean that it's the best I'm going to be. So in two, three, four, five, six months, a year from now, who knows where I'll be. I might be looking back at my pictures from, say, the other day and being like, wow, I can't believe I thought that that was the best I was going to be. Yep. Um, so it's just it's just a cool thing to look back on. And so I've been doing a lot of reflecting in the past couple months about my, my past, my history with fitness and nutrition, and just uh, I, I've been feeling really good about where I'm going. That's awesome. Trying to channel it yeah. into good stuff. And so Absolutely. Is, is the first big race you're thinking about still bright later in the year for the Spartan? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I was going to do the virtual uh, Australia Day 10K because I, I, I've been doing that for the past few years. But it was just, I, it came up really fast. And I was like, oh, wow, today's Australia Day. I guess I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, because I would like, uh, I think this year I would like to get back into the, like, the PB mindset. Like right now my 10K PB is 44 minutes. So You're probably like not to... even going to run a half this year. I don't know. Like, I'm. It's well. You'll do I a half at Bright Spartan because you do twenty one there. So yeah, yeah, I'll do the I'll do the half there. I don't know if I'll do a half for time. Yeah. Um. I might, but I think I'd like to. I'd like to try and at least get a ten k PB. I don't know about a five k PB because mm. uh, you'd think if you can do a ten k PB, you can do a five k PB. Not the case, folks. No. Um. Because my my five k PB is like twenty one something right now. Yeah. Um. I don't know that. I mean, I could if I wanted to, but it's not just where I'm at right now. But I'd certainly like to do a ten k PB. But yeah, I think my first race will probably be the Spartan and Bright. Uh. And I'm 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 really hoping that they go ahead with the Urban Sprint in December because depending on how I go in Bright, I'll, I'll probably you know, if I'm feeling good about myself for December, I'll probably head into the. Uh, uh, the com- uh, the competitive wave there because it's a much flatter course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll, like I said, I think the last episode of the episode before that, I'll start really uh, getting into my training for the Spartan and switching things up maybe March, April and uh, go from there. I think the challenge is going to be um, having to enter races early enough to get in because of the capped field sizes. So I know there's a half marathon in May uh, here in Werribee, which they've capped the half marathon field at 200. That's it. Yeah. And that's normally an event yeah. that has, you know, 700 to 800 in it. So it's going to sure. be this real balancing act with events this year, which is I want to do this event and I want to enter it now, but it's also like eight months out. And that's a long yeah. time to have $200 missing from my wallet because I've entered a yeah. race. And what happens yeah. if things get cancelled? So I think it's going to be a real sort of, you kind of have to have the faith and I guess enter and trust that it's all going to work out. And if it isn't, roll with it this year. Just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So that's uh, that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. What have you been up to? Nothing much. Um, I've got uh, less than two weeks to go until my first event for the year, which is Yay. the the backyard ultra. So getting out there seven o'clock on the Friday night and running laps for as long as I can. Uh, mm. And it's it's really interesting because my training this year for it is very different to last year. Last yeah. year I went in and I was averaging over 100 k's a week. Uh, yeah. You know, running you know long long runs on the weekend, probably you know twenty eight k's plus on the weekend, uh, and also around about this time, 
started doing a couple of trial events where I'd go do three, four, five hours of the lapped type thing to get ready for it. And that was because I'd never done it before. I've done, you know, one official one since then and another unofficial one at Daryl's place later in last year. And so this year I haven't really trained with the same intensity for it. Um, I'm I'm feeling very relaxed, very, like no injuries at the moment, um, feeling fine. Not running great though, which is probably a bad thing before you go run an ultra marathon. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, to to your credit, uh, this is one of those things, folks, that we were talking about before we actually started uh, recording. You're not at the moment really sort of going for a specific i think last year for this thing you you wanted to hit that 100 mark yes uh whereas this year it's kind of like would 24 hours be nice yeah sure but you're kind of more going into it like i'm just gonna see what happens and i think that has relaxed your body and i think it takes a little bit less pressure off you and a couple episodes you said you're kind of not doing because last year it was very you're focused i'm going you know, I'm 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 going as much as I can, as much as I can every week, every week. Yep. And now it seems to me that 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 focus has shifted from as much as I can, as much as I can, to as smart as I can, yep. and as um, you know, just train with more of a not that you weren't training with a purpose, but having more specificity, maybe. Definitely, I'm trying. I'm trying to make the training much more manageable at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know, it's a tough time of the year. Coming back first thing from holidays, kids still on holidays, waiting for school to go back, work just starts. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on at the moment, not related to training. That means you know, training. Last year, training was the number one thing, and I kind of covered sure. all that other stuff secondary to training. This mm-hmm. year, training's been pushed down to number three, number four on the list. And so yeah. I think, too, you know, next weekend, I'll get out there, see what I do. Um, you know, I think probably by the time this episode comes out, the next episode will be after I've done that event. So we'll do a bit of a reflection on how it went. But, yeah, I don't – in my head, I'm like, well, I did 100 last year, so I should be able to do 100 again this year. And mm-hmm. I think in upon reflection, I probably finished – the last year 100 with more in the tank um i could have yeah. kept going if i needed to could i do 24 hours this year i don't know i think i'll just get out there and see and if i get to 70 and i pull out because something's not happening on the day so be it and if i keep going i keep going yeah i think for me it's going to be really interesting to see because i remember saying to you last year when you finished up like the, the 50 mark uh, how like it was just interesting to see how you finished up an actual 50 as opposed to hitting 50 kilometers here where of yes. course you're stopping every 7k but I'll be interested to know how you feel at those certain milestones this year as opposed to last year yes exactly um, you know I, I think that that's it. that's really interesting you might get to the 50 this year and be like nah I'm done yep. and that's fine that's like, cool it's just, yeah. that's cool like you've done it you've you know you've uh you might get to the 50k mark and be like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's go some more. Or you might yeah. be hell. You know, best case scenario, you get to the 100k mark and you're like, yeah, let's keep going. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I don't. I mean, last year, the other thing is I think last year during the actual event, I felt a bit of a niggle come in and I started popping a whole bunch of neurofen because my legs weren't feeling great. And that's because yeah. I came in with a crap taper and I was probably overtrained coming in. This year, it's going to be the opposite of that. So this year, I don't think I'm going to pull myself up and hurt myself because of overtraining. No. It's going no. to be, have I done enough? And so I'm like, I mean, it's the end of, it'll be the first weekend of February. Up until the very end of December, I was running hard. So mm. I've really had January quote unquote off. Um, sure. But I've still been averaging, you know, 60 Ks a week of running. And I've started doing my strength training now. Um, That's great. Although that is, an enormously humbling experience um, to try and go learn how to do proper strength training. I, I, I'm still doing technique sessions. They still yeah. won't let me under a bar 
of any real weight or let me in there unsupervised because right. uh, I, I, my flexibility and my form is just terrible. What I thought was squatting and bench pressing and stuff is not when you actually start doing it with, you know, power lifters and people who do this for a living. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I literally cannot get my, my shoulders don't rotate far enough back for me to get no. the bar low enough on uh, my yeah. back to be able to squat properly. I've yeah. got really crappy shoulder uh, flexibility that way too. Um, so when I do a back squat, it's it sits quite high, and I've got to like fix that because yeah, it's it's not it's not ideal. And it's 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 really interesting that you're going to be able to learn that stuff um, because it, it does make a difference. And for runners, it's actually it's kind of like a, a, a catch twenty two because as a runner, if you're too flexible in your legs or anywhere you can get injured if you're not flexible enough you can get injured yep. so it's like oh man you got to kind of find the groove and so it's been really yeah. interesting talking to like when i went to see these folks they were a little skeptical like why would an ultra runner want to do strength training and then they went off and did some research and then the next time i saw them they're like ultra running training is powerlifting training it's huge compound movements it's squat yeah. it's squat yeah. it's bench press it's deadlift um, that's, it. that's the good news. The bad news, Zach, is your technique is dangerous, and so we're not going to let you squat or bench press yet. Um, so I'm just going to be working on deadlifts and overhead lifts to try and get some power and form, and the rest awesome. of the time I'll just be working on flexibility in my shoulders and everything to try and get everything back far enough so I can actually start doing the squatting. Um, sure. But it's good. My coach is really direct. Like he'll he'll get me. He basically gets me to do an exercise. He says, "You do what you think a bench press is," and so I do my thing. And then he says, right, that's not a bench press. It's not a bench press for this reason, this reason, this reason. He's very directory down the line. Yeah. So, um, you know, as someone who considers myself amongst, you know, not amongst my running friends, but amongst my other friends, I consider myself to be the most athletic one. To have yeah. that absolutely <laughs> thrown back in my face by someone who knows what they're doing yeah. is a little tough. But, you know, you, you learn from it. It's um, it, 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 it's an opportunity to learn. And there's always, there's you know, as Qui-Gon Jinn said, there's always a bigger fish. Correct. And, and, and the reason for it is a good segue into our topic for the day. Um, it's an opportunity for me to shake things up and work on something That's that right. I hadn't done enough of last year. Um, and so probably, Andrew, you know, question for the listeners or, you know, why do routines need to change at the most fundamental level? Why shouldn't you keep doing the same thing again and again and again when you're training? But for at the most fundamental level, it's because your body will acclimate, it will get used to it, and you'll stop seeing results. Uh, you know, you, you you have to. You know, there's a there's a, a a phrase. It's called progressive overload, and 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 that means that you have to shake things up. You have to make things more difficult. Or you have to do whatever to to change. Because if you keep doing the same thing, it's of course that definition of insanity, right? Mm -hmm. Keep doing the same thing and, and and expecting the same result. If you don't shake things up a bit you will stop seeing results at some point. Yeah, and that's probably the main key sign that your routine has become a little bit stagnant is if you're, you know, we always talk about how you need to measure yourself and track your progress and, you know, record the information so that you mm. can look back on it and get insights from it. If you notice things starting to plateau, um, that's probably an indication that, yeah, the routine has started to plateau as well. You need to change it up. Um, other signs that a routine has become stagnant is just how do you feel about it? If you no longer yeah. feel excited to get out there and do the exercise, that's probably a change that, a sign that you could benefit from a change of some sort. That's right. A lot of people will focus so much on the physical plateaus without paying attention to the mental plateaus. And be honest, if 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 you're mentally not in the game, there's a sign. It could be signs of overtraining. It could be signs that you just 
you know, you're not in it because you're not seeing the results, but you have to pay attention to that mental game because it's it's so, if not more important than than the physical aspect of it. Yeah. And, and you also need to um, think about your personal circumstances. So think about mm-hmm. what it is you're doing and what is it you're trying to do and why might you not be seeing those results. So a couple example would be if you want to become strong, you want to become really, really strong, you really want to lift heavy, heavy weights, but you don't want to bulk up. And I know this is a problem for a lot of female people who start mm-hmm. training because they're like, oh, I want to get strong and I want to get powerful, but I don't want to get super muscly. And so they try and balance the bulking up with the getting strong. Eventually, you're going to reach a point where your ability to lift stuff is limited by how big you are. So if you want to get stronger, you're going to need more muscle to move That's it right. eventually. That's um, right. And Sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No. No, I was going to say, and, and for all the listeners out there, uh, especially the female listeners who don't want to quote unquote bulk up, just remember that bulking up is more about the nutrition than the than the way that you're training. Because I can I can lift the heaviest weights in the world, but if I'm eating rabbit food, I ain't, I ain't getting bigger. Correct. Um, same thing if you want to become faster as a runner. Um, you can keep mm-hmm. running, you can keep running, you can keep running, but eventually just running isn't going to get it there. There's a reason why right. the fastest people in the world do weights training as well. Eventually you need to add strength training to give yourself more muscle to run faster. Or you need to look at the other thing, which is, well, what's holding you back in terms of your ability to move faster? Do you need to reduce the drag that you have, which is possibly looking at the weight that you run. So I know I've spoken about in the past, when I'm kind of in the middle of training, I tend to float between 85 and 90 kilos in weight. But if I really wanted to get down to a lean race weight, I'd be looking to get down into the low 80s, um, high 70s either. And that's because at a certain point, I can't train anymore from a running perspective and I can't do any more strength training. I need to actually then reduce the weight I carry to allow myself to run faster. Right, and a a good way, and a good sort of uh, statistic, a good sort of, uh, way to look at it is if if you're whatever your weight is if you've hit that plateau in speed you know I'm not advocating I just want everybody to know I'm not advocating weight loss or anything on this program but the reality is of it if you can healthily change your weight if you need to every loss uh, a loss of uh, half a kilo or a pound that's that's roughly five to ten seconds off your mile pace yeah that's that's about right. You're not going to want to go extreme about it. Of course, there are other ways to get faster, but that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. Run, so. Running is a tough one because with running, you know, you lose the weight and you get the speed back. It's a lot easier to measure when you're into bike riding because every mm. 500 grams in bike riding is about $1,000 on the cost of your bike. So if you want to uh, get, you know, a little bit faster, you can spend $3,000 on a bike or you can lose a kilo and a half. So it's a lot easier uh, to lose weight than just to spend money on a bike. Um, I reckon. But that is the thing about leaner body weight. You know, if, if your measure of success or the thing that you're going after is lean body weight, eventually it's not about diet and it's about maths and health and safety, which is you can't go any lower with your body weight. You can't get any leaner. There is actually a finite thing there. So again, you've got to think about your personal circumstances and what is it that you're plateauing in and what are you willing to compromise on to to get over that? Um, So I guess what can you do to change your routine safely? The first thing is just consider a new angle. If you're being focused on speed, think about strength. If you've been focused on agility, think about endurance and going longer. Mm. Always think about recovery. How can you do what you're doing but feel better the next day afterwards and not beat yourself up? 
Um, right. And that'll include you finding a new measure for success and collecting new data, you know, starting to collect information about your speed or your weights or your reps or your duration or your elevation. I know as a runner, I, I never thought about counting elevation until I started doing hills training and realizing how important it is to help you on the flat. And so now whenever I go out on anything remotely resembling a hilly run, I, I'm cracking onto that elevation number and seeing what it was. Um, and then something that you discovered, Andrew, was trying to combine pursuits. So if sure. you involve, if you involve, if you like running and cycling, well, think about a biathlon or a triathlon. You're a perfect example of you know running and strength training with the Spartans and everything you do there and CrossFit. And I, I attribute all of that to like <clears throat> last year. I was talking about before my, my personal best 10k. That was a culmination. I mean, look, if you want to run faster, if you want to run more efficiently, you've got to run. I mean, there's no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts about that. If, if you want to be a long-distance runner, that's got to be your main focus of your training. You've got to have the other stuff, but you've got to actually put the miles in. Where where what, what I did with my 10K, it was like there was a culmination of everything. It was like, yes, I was running lots, but I was also you know, putting other training into my body, the speed training, the strength training, and that just it just helps you the uh, the elevation training. It's it's all it's got to combine into a way that's going to help you progress. Because as we were saying before, you just do one thing, and it's just you, you've got to focus on everything else. Like what Zach was saying with the last episode, you know, we found new ways to work, and you can't always just work. Mm. You've got to find other ways like rest or breaking your day up. You've to, to make sure that you're still being, um, uh, you, you're still progressing. Yeah, and if you're if you're going after a pursuit, you know, as Andrew said, if you're a runner, you got to run. If you're a cyclist, you got to cycle. If you're a swimmer, you got to swim. But there's different things you can do within mm. that pursuit to still make it interesting. Like I know a lot of road races, a lot of the best road races in the world started off as mountain bike races, and they were on the mountain bikes riding up hills to build their legs up, and then they were riding down hills learning how to control the bike. And then when yeah. you get them on a road race, they're like, this is easy. I'm riding on right. bitumen with 50 people around me, and I can duck in behind them, and like this is fantastic. So, right. you know, if you're a bike rider, try something like that. If you're a runner, just hit the trails. If you've never hit the trails before, go hit them. And for swimmers, you know, get out of the pool, get into the ocean, do something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Even do related water sports like rowing or something. Um, that still keeps you close to the water but gives you a different development uh, and probably you know the final thing you can do to change um, add a social element like that helps a join lot. a club enter an mm. event go to a park run, or just go watch one go volunteer somewhere see what it's like um, especially if you're someone who after the last year or so where we've been forced to be a little bit isolated dip your toe into the water safely and just go mm. be get used to being around people um, to yeah. start off with that's it. And it, it really, for me, my running really, I mean, I, I don't uh, run with WinFit that much anymore, but my running really, when I was getting into it, really improved when I had the social aspect of it. Like I was running, you know, my 25 kilometer runs were never faster than when I ran with somebody like Anthula or yeah. started the run with somebody like Zach and Daryl because you take your mind off of what you're doing and you just go. You just you know it's just it's just a great way to take your mind off the pain as it were yes exactly yeah the social aspect can distract you from it um right. and and you have to find and chances are if you're listening to this podcast and you're someone who's in a rut you've got the groove of doing the exercise yourself so you don't exactly. need the social element to carry you on and get you in, interested but it might help you just think about something just, different yeah it's just it's all about those little changes that can just switch things up a bit like if you're already 
you know, fit as hell. Hmm. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I know how to run. I can run. But the minute that you start doing it with a social group and your mind can be on something else and all of a sudden without realizing you've pushed yourself a little, just that little bit harder, yeah. it can make all the difference. A long run is so much easier with a group of friends. Like yeah. you, you actually then do miss those people when you're doing a long run by yourself. You know, I never had a problem with long runs being hard. I had a problem with long runs being boring. Yes. You know, like, because when you're out there doing a 32, 35 kilometer run, you're out there for three, three and a half hours by yourself. That, it, you got your playlist maybe, yeah. but that can be boring as Correct. anything. Because remember, a long run like that shouldn't be hard, folks. You shouldn't be doing a, a long run like no. that. should be something where it's like, oh man, this is just boring at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, exactly. it's, it's strenuous because you're running for three and a half hours, but right. it's not hard because you're not racing. Yeah. Right. Um, and then just a couple of, before we get into a couple of specific examples that Andrew's got, um, what you shouldn't do when you're changing your routine. There's probably two key things that I thought of, and Andrew, I'm not sure if you've got any more. Number one was, like Andrew said, you could be fit as hell, but don't assume the same high level of performance or competence in your new routine as per your previous routine. Mm -hmm. So if I suddenly stopped running ultra marathons and decided I wanted to concentrate on 400 meters, I would not turn up to sprint training at the track and assume that I was going to be as good at the track as I was at running the 50, 60 kilometer events. Same as if you're strength training a certain way and you go and try a different thing like boxing training, for instance, or try a, uh, a CrossFit that has more athletic pursuits. You've got to sort of ease into it. Otherwise you could yeah. hurt yourself uh, or embarrass yourself or a little bit of both. Um, and then the other one is if you do change things up in your particular discipline, again, be careful. So if you're a runner who's mainly been running on road and you go and try trails or try sand or try hills, be careful of that. You can get injured. Um, if you're a bicyclist who's suddenly going to go start riding mountains, be careful. Swimming. I mean, we've been seeing some horrible stories here in Australia with regards to swimming because people haven't been getting their swimming lessons and been getting into the water for the last year or so and now it's summer and they're all going out to beaches and lakes and rivers uh, and getting into some really unfortunate drowning accidents and drowning mm -hmm. events so you need to be really really careful as well uh when yeah, you that, do change your routine that's exactly right that that was what what i was going to hit on like even if you're changing something within what you normally do just know that you don't always you're not there's there's always going to be things that you don't know and always going to be unknowns. Like if you're a weightlifter and you want to lift heavier weights, which we're going to get into in a second, mm -hmm. don't just go right into it, you know, because you will hurt yourself. Uh, just assume, basically assume nothing and research everything yeah. and get the information, get the help is basically, yeah. Yeah. So what are some specific examples, Andrew, that you thought of that people who want to change their routine could look at doing? Yeah, so as as with anything that we speak on the pod uh, speak about on the podcast, I just want everybody to know, make sure that if you are going to do any of this stuff, if you are doing a routine or if you're going to start a routine, consult with a physician. You know, I yes, I I'm a, I'm a fitness and nutrition advisor. Yes, uh, Zach has been running is for for a long time, but you know, we we you know, we don't know you specifically. So for and even if we do know you, we're not your doctor. Exactly, exactly. So make sure you get the information. Make sure that you can do any of these things uh, and, and prevent yourself from getting hurt. So, uh, yeah, I want to touch on a, a, a three different examples, nutrition, running, and weight training uh, to basically what you can do if you've hit a plateau. So when I speak about nutrition, I'm speaking about getting uh, a certain body composition, weight loss. Again, you know, 
nutrition isn't solely about weight loss, but that's that's where most people will find a plateau is in, is in weight loss. Or in my case, weight gain. Yay! Don't you all hate me? Yes, I bet you do. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so one of the things that you can do with your nutrition is just drastically change it up. For example, cycle your carbs. Now, carbohydrates are, of course, necessary for energy. They 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 help you to keep going. If you're not fat adapted, you need them to, to for energy, especially if you're a runner. I'm a so runner. The only do... reason I get out of bed in the morning is for carbs. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, there you go. And to cycle those can really drastically uh, uh, do things uh, – change up your metabolism you want to do your research you don't want to do anything too crazy but cycle carbs could mean go a couple of days without it could mean go a couple of days with too many um it's it just depending on depending on what your goals are i mean i've seen for example myself i have one day where i have a treat meal which drastically changes the amount of carbs that i have in a day like i'm, I'm a fat adapted person i don't have a lot of carbs throughout my day and that works for me but one day a week, I will triple even more than the amount of carbs that I have just to keep my body guessing. Uh, you can try things like intermittent fasting, which Zach tried, I think, last year for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I, I dropped off it a little bit because I started late last year running mm. more in the morning. And so I needed to sort of refuel afterwards. But now I think I'm going to get back into it this week now yeah. that we're kind of back to work. And things are settling into a bit more of a routine. And I found yeah. intermittent fasting to be really good as long as you remember that you're not just shifting the normal amount of food into the time period, you're actually trying to drop out a meal and you've right. got to make sure that that first meal back after your fast is not a, not a binge for lack of a better word, where you exactly. sort of eat as much as you would have in two meals. You've got to be careful exactly. with that. And you do want to keep in mind that your body will process certain types of food differently, right? Mm. So I say this to my clients all the time, just because you have a 2,000, or let's just say 2,000 for the sake of argument, 2,000 calorie uh, day goal, 2,000 calories of pizza versus 2,000 calories of healthy food, yeah, okay, you're still within your, your calorie count, but that doesn't mean that your body's going to look great. No. You might not gain weight, you might not lose weight, but you certainly won't look or feel good so if you're intermittent fasting don't have the first six hours of your day be nothing and then the first meal back be donuts you know make it you still got to eat healthy basically yes. folks um and, and speaking of healthy eating track your food if if the number on the scale isn't working if it's not going in the direction that you want to want it to go track your food and write it all down and honestly do it because if it's if the scale is meant to be going down and it's going up you might not think that that handful of almonds or that that you know that chocolate throughout the week is going to make a difference, even if you know it's just once every now and then. But it does. It really, absolutely does. So write it all down before you start thinking that you know the scale is not moving. What the hell? There might be something other uh, other there. And, uh, and, and also think about how big a serve actually is. I know the biggest problem mm. I would fall into is I pour what I think is a Zach size serve of cereal. And it turns out that that's actually two and a half times what the serving on the box says. And so then yeah. when you add the calories up, it's like, oh, wait a second. I'm not having this you know, 600 kilojoule breakfast. I'm having an 1800 kilojoule breakfast. I, and then I'm putting yogurt on top of it. And then I'm putting fruit exactly. and nuts. And next thing you know, yeah. I, I can almost guarantee that 100% of the people who have cereal during their day don't have the serving size. Have you seen I how small I the serving size of cereal I know. Is? It's nothing. I know. It's not okay. I used to have big bowls of cereal, man. Yeah. That was... A, did you did you watch Birds of Prey? Yes. Slightly off topic. There's that moment where 
uh, Harley and Cassandra Cain are in Harley's apartment and they pour each other's cereal. Mm. And it's like two shakes of the box and yeah. like a little bit of milk. I'm like, no, man, I'm no. done with that in one spoonful. Yeah, I'm like, you <laughs> bowl. Yeah. So that's... Uh, yeah. That's that's basically why this girl's not moving if you eat yeah it's cereal it's same like I'm saying thing like rice like I'll get one of those uh, a thing of rice I'll be like oh yeah I'm having a cup of rice but a cup of rice is actually two servings two maybe more exactly basically a serving of rice is one fourth cooked I think correct which is about an eighth of a cup so when not cooked yeah so when you get those my fitness pal apps and all that sort of stuff you can't just add one serving you've got to actually work out what it is you actually gave yourself and what the serving size is i mean that's a big trap that to this day i still fall into and sometimes i look back at the end of the day and i go oh look i had a really good day i'm like did i accurately Mm. measure everything i ate like i'm I'm not my fitness pal is good for me because it stops me snacking but i'm not sure i'm accurately measuring the quantities as much as i should exactly and and that's the thing quantities even if it's a healthy food quantities do matter because you can if you eat you know 20,000 calories of grilled chicken, you're going to gain, not, I think that's kind of hard to do, but you're going to gain weight. It's yes. not going to be good for you. Like, you know, cal- uh, yeah, size, portion sizes matter. Um, next thing, and you're probably not all going to want to hear this. Maybe some of you don't care, but you're going to want to avoid alcohol. There are so many empty calories in alcohol. Even if it's something like bourbon, there's technically no carbs or whatever in bourbon, but it's just, it's calories, right? Like if you're having two drinks a week, even, um, that's, that's, you know, that's about 160 calories extra a week that you're not taking account of. And if you're, if your caloric needs are so specific and you're going over by that much, you're just not going to lose weight. Um, or you, the scale's not going to move. And also bourbon's no good if you mix it with a cup of full fat Coke as well. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So try try the Pepsi Max or the Diet Coke, Coke Zero, whatever it's or called. Or drink whiskey straight. Or you are. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to avoid alcohol. Just change it up. Yeah. Um, and also just keep in mind that as your body changes, so does your nutrition. Mm. Your, your, your nutrition needs will change as your body changes. So if you're on a 2,000 calorie I keep coming back to this number just because it's easy. If you're on a 2,000 calorie goal for the day to get down to, say, 75 kilos, once you get to 75 kilos, you're probably not going to see the scale drop anymore because that's what you're eating for that weight. So you'll have to constantly reassess as you hit these certain goals. And that's normal. That's fine. It's not like you're going to have to do it day to day, but you will have to do it probably month to month just to check everything out. And also track your rest. Mm. Really track your rest. If 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 the weight's not moving, if the fitness isn't happening, track your rest. Really important. Um, moving on to a running uh, example. If if you're a runner and and you've hit a plateau, you're not getting faster or you're not able to run longer. Some things you can change up. Change up your training days, train mm. cha- uh, training times. For example, if your long runs on a Sunday, make your long run on a Thursday. Or if you're running always in the morning. Try running at night. Running at uh, night's a big one I found. In the morning, you tend to wake up and the body tends to be stiff and sore because you've mm. been asleep and it's cold. And then yeah. if you train in the afternoon, you're more tired, but your body is more loose. And so exactly. I think um, I always prefer to do, say, interval training in the afternoon when I know my body's a little bit more warmed up the first thing sure. in the morning. Yeah. And that makes sense. You know, I'll always say if you, if you have a race coming up, you're, you're – you're, your goal training days, so the goal training days, for example, if, uh, if you're running a marathon, your goal training day is your long run day. That's your yes. Uh, you'll want to run that at the time similar to when the race is so yes. that your body is used to that. But 
you know, if you're just like running throughout the year, just change change things up. Um, see how that goes for you. You also want to focus, maybe if you're trying to get faster, focus on short, intense speed work. Maybe even consider throwing in sprint training once a week, which is very different. Is not is very different from even intervals. Sprint training basically. You're working on your agility. You're working on the explosiveness. You're going from zero to like a, a two-minute kilometer within a half a second, and you're only going for maybe 50 meters, if that. Um, and then you're just stopping, letting your heart rate come right down. So you might even take a break between 40 or 50-meter sprints. Maybe that break's like three or four minutes long. That's one of the uh, things I found with the, the powerlifting guys. Their rest between sets is so long they bring their heart rate right down it's not like when we do um interval training at the track where you rest for 60 seconds and you basically get your heart rate under control and then you go again sprint training and power training is no no bring it straight back down very similar and the reason for that is because you want to get it because sprint training power training it's all about performance like every set is is got to be at your best so if you're resting you have to rest. You have to come back to a place where you're back as neutral as you can because you don't want to start the next set. You don't want to start the next sprint tired because it's all about that performance every single time. So, you know, it might take you 45 minutes to an hour to crank out, you know, four or five sets or, uh, you know, five or six, uh, seven or eight sprint in uh, intervals because you have to make sure that your heart rate comes right down and you recover in between each set Mm. next thing you want to try possibly higher altitude training uh now i will say if you can do actual higher altitude training do it as in in the mountains or uh you know avoid the i i have one but i've done my research and i've tried it out the high altitude quote unquote masks Uh. uh they're not great. They they're, they they won't really improve anything because when you train at a higher altitude, it 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 it, uh, it increases the white blood cells and it does things for your body. Whereas a mask doesn't really. It just makes your breathing harder. It it's you're never going to be able to do it enough that it's going to give you those benefits. Sure, it might be good. Uh, an altitude mask is good for something like strength training, uh, mm-hmm. lifting. You know, because it 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 will help your body that way. But if you can go up to some place like the Yu Yangs or, you know, the uh, Appalachian Trail here yeah. in the States or, just, or yeah, wherever. There's not really a huge amount of places to go do true high altitude training here in mm. Australia, is there? Um, in no, America, it's, it's hard. places like Denver are known sure. for high altitude yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I, th- I think there is a high altitude training facility in Melbourne, but, it you know, it's it's worth looking into. It's expensive, <laughs> but it's <laughs> worth looking into. Yeah. Um, and then, again, track your rest. Like really figure out a lot of the times nine times out of ten running especially if you're hitting a plateau the quickest fix is rest yeah Um, take take a few days off take a week off let your body acclimate and just chill out um and then we're going to go into weight training so you know if you're hitting a weight training plateau which that can mean anything from strength to body uh physique rather um to just how you're feeling in the gym you know the easiest thing to do is change up your rep count Focus on the amount of weight you're using and allow your reps to reflect that. So if you've been doing 12 to 15 rep ranges, don't just change the number of reps you're doing with the same weight. Switch it up. Start lifting out of that comfort zone. Lift heavier for weights maybe six to eight reps. So you're still you're still getting the same feeling at the end of those reps. You're just doing it with a heavier weight and, and it's taking you less time to get there. Yeah. 
you might want to push past failure. So I don't recommend going to failure every single set. You don't need to, but it's good to do every once in a while. But also pushing past that failure uh, can really just pu uh, ch uh, push your body into a new level. So basically the way that you push past failure is things like drop sets. You know, get to failure on whatever weight you're on. And then when you can't do any more, put the weight down, lighten it up a little bit, and then go as much as you can again. Do three or four drop sets. So you basically get to failure, lighten the weight, get to failure again, lighten the weight, no rest in between. Uh, pyramid sets, basically exactly what it sounds like. You start with the weight, you go for X amount of weights, then you increase the weight, go for X amount of weights, increase the weight, increase the weight, increase the weight. Again, you can have rest there, you don't have to. Then you can have reverse pyramid sets, which is similar to a drop set, but then you would just take the rest away. Uh, and then forced or assisted reps, which is basically when you have a spotter and you get to failure, then you have that spotter just help you a little bit so that you can get a few extra reps out. And what that's doing is it's pushing your body past the point of, I can't do anymore, and it's forcing it to do more. All these things are forcing your body to do more, and that's gonna help your body to kind of, it's gonna break you out of your comfort zone uh, your body out of the comfort zone and it's going to force your body to change because your body's getting stimulus that it hadn't had before. Yeah, and I, I was going to say the social element in the gym can be really, really good because you can have someone there to help you spot when you do go heavier weights and yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can worry less about the, oh, am I actually going to hurt myself with this heavy weight because you know that someone's there. Um, mm. You, you want to go to the gym with someone who knows what they're doing or you mm. want to know what you're doing and you just want them to do the bare minimum. Uh, so yeah, again, like Andrew said at the start, if you are starting out weight training especially, go talk to an expert and get some expert advice and get some tips because yeah. the shortest way to, the quickest way to fall out of love with strength training is to hurt yourself because exactly. you do something and you don't go back. And that's not what exactly. we want. And it does raise another point too. For all of these things, uh, it brings up the point, try changing up your environment. You know, if you train alone, go to a gym. If you mm -hmm. run alone, run with a group. Like what Zach was saying before, changing up your environment is a great thing. If you're uh, struggling with your nutrition, you know, Join a nutrition group. They're on Facebook. I, you know, I, I I don't advocate for any of the um, uh, quote unquote diet companies that are out there. I mean, if they work for you, great. But I, I won't advocate for them, not because I don't believe in them, just because it's not my place to advocate or not. Yeah. Um, if we haven't tried it, we wouldn't back it unless they paid exactly. us money, and they haven't done that either. So we're not going to back them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only the only, uh, the only food company we back is Generation You Can, which is that's the right. smarter choice of steady energy through their patented super starch formula. That's right. <laughs> and if you use the coupon code breaking the barrier, you can save up to 15% off your first order on Generation You Can, which of course they have a wide variety of snack bars, protein powders, carbohydrate drinks, that super starch formula, which uses your body's fat as fuel, which helps you to A, burn fat and go longer. Interesting, fun fact, Generation You Can is actually gonna feature breaking the barrier Pretty soon, they reached out to me the other day on the Breaking Barrier podcast Instagram. So I got to just send them some stuff because they want to. Awesome. Wanna well, I'm probably going to get some bars for the nonstop. So I'll be munching on those uh, during right the on. course of the event of that. So yeah, we'll get some photos for the Insta. Sweet. Hmm. Um, and then the last thing, uh, if in terms of weight training, it's, it's change up something as simple as change up the order of your routine, right? Switch up the order of your exercises. For example, I know a lot of people will start with compound movements and then 
move into isolation movement. So if you're not sure, compound movement is something like a bench press where it, yes, focuses on the uh, chest, but it also uses your other body parts like your shoulders, your back, your arms to really move and, and be strong with. An isolation mo movement is something like a, a chest fly where you're focused mostly on, it's isolating exactly what it sounds like, the chest muscles. Um, so a, a good example would be to try the isolation movements first, which mm. will help pre-exhaust the target muscle so that yes, you might not be able to lift as heavy with the compound movements, but you're lifting in a different way and you're recruiting those muscles in a different way because they're tired and you're pushing through it that way. You might even try training smaller body parts first. For example, if you do chest and triceps on, on say Monday, work your triceps first. So it's it's I wouldn't recommend all the time, but it's certainly something that I do every now and then and it definitely um, it will it will affect the weight that you lift for your chest. But again, it will just be, you know, it, it gives your triceps the upper hand for, for a workout, which is great. I mean, they get plenty of uh, secondary work anyway, but it's just all those little things that can really help switch it up, shock your body. That's the point. Shock your body into change. Awesome. And then, of course, track your rest. <laughs> Seems all to be a three of these things. Yeah, the, the, the theme here is that you have to rest and, you know, rest your your body changes and your body gets better not in the gym not on the road but as it's recovering the reasons for example that your muscles get bigger is because in the gym you're breaking them down you're tearing them you're injuring them you're you're basically you're hurting yourself and they grow back stronger and more durable and that happens when you're resting not when you're working them awesome so boom that's three very specific examples, be it nutrition, running, or weight training that you can do to shock it, plus a whole bunch of general activities uh, and tips and tricks from us in more generally. We'd love to hear um, your particular strategies you have whenever you find yourself. First of all, how do you know that you're hitting a plateau? What's the signs mm -hmm. that you look out for that you could share with someone else so that they can look for the same thing as well? And then what do you do? to adjust your routine. Is there anything that you do personally that we might have missed? Uh, we'd love to hear about it and give you a shout out in the next couple of episodes. Jump on the community at Facebook or drop Andrew and us a line and we can feature you uh, in next week or the week after's episode. Absolutely. Sounds great. I, I, I always love hearing, you know, different, different, yeah, different ways people work out and because it, it teaches me. I'm, 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 I'm constantly learning. Yeah. So... <laughs> Do we have anything else that we want to touch on? Today? No, that's all we had today. Uh, so lots to cover there. Um, I think next time you hear from us will be after my next nonstop. So I look forward to letting everyone know about that. And of course, who knows what will happen over the next two weeks uh, in exactly. the world of COVID and running and athletics and Olympics and all this other shenanigans that we follow. That's right. And, and, and if nothing else, it's keeping it all interesting, all fun. And so, yes, everybody, look, keep up with your habits. Make sure that you're continuously breaking out of those comfort zones, continuously going above and beyond and making sure that no matter where you are, whether that's the roads, the trails, the treadmills, the gym, that you're pushing yourselves to those limits, that you're training smart and that you're steering clear of injury. So, look, thank you so much for listening to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I've been Andrew. I've been Zach. And we, as always, will continue to try to help you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.